listening to one of the audio messages from Cornerstone Church Airdrie. My name is Brad and I'm the lead campus pastor and primary preaching voice here at Cornerstone Church Airdrie. We believe that the God who spoke so clearly all through the pages of scripture is still speaking to his kids today. So if it's me who's speaking to you or someone else on this recording, as you listen, we pray that you would know God, know his hope, know his purpose, and know his power. Enjoy the message. On that weight on my shoulders, try to break me. Father, stretch your hand down from heaven, please save me. I'm holding to the promises you gave me. You made it's actually my privilege now um, to introduce, and it's it's actually a great excitement for me to introduce our guest speaker this week. Um, our our guest speaker is is Pastor Craig Millar. Now, I've known Craig for about 13 years when we were both youth pastors, and he was a speaker at Power Zone, a youth summer camp that I, I had the privilege of being the director of. And since then, Craig has gone on to serve in, in a number of different ministry positions all throughout Foursquare Canada. Now, currently, he and his wife, Sandra, serve as the lead pastors of one of the fastest growing and most influential churches in Foursquare Canada, Horizon Church in Surrey, BC. And Craig also was actually recently appointed as the new president of our Foursquare Bible College in Surrey, Pacific Life Bible College. Now, more than all of that, it's, it's a wonderful resume and, and Craig is, is very accomplished and God has really blessed him. But more than all of that, Craig is a friend. And he's somebody that I have turned to on multiple occasions in my life for advice and for mentoring and in leading our campus as a pastor. Whether, whether Craig knows it or not, he has had a, a pretty deep impact and influence on, on what we have been doing here. And Craig has always been so generous with his time and experience and wisdom with me. And I'm always so grateful for Craig and his willingness to be poured out for the Lord. And when I asked Craig if, if he would consider speaking to us, um, he, was, he was so quick to say yes and so grateful for the opportunity. And so we're actually, we're, well, we're very excited for, for Craig to, to share this morning. And Craig is actually going to finish off our series, The Struggle is Real, that we have been talking about over the last few weeks as we've looked at um, the, the praying through the Psalms and using the Psalms as guides to deal with the struggles in our lives. And so this morning, Craig's going to share a sermon on the importance and posture of prayer to get through what we're facing. And it's based out of Psalm chapter 18. So if you have your Bibles, you can join Craig and join us there. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, Cornerstone Airdrie. We're, I'm so glad to be able to be with you through this medium of technology today. Uh, just great to, uh, to be aware of what's happening in Cornerstone. Uh, we've known Pastor Barry and Audrey for many, many years as, as uh, pastors in our movement, and as well have been watching the journey and been kind of at various points been involved in the journey of uh, Brad and Yvonne. I think back to, I think it was 2007 that I spoke at Power Zone Youth Camp. Maybe some of you were there. Uh, I don't know. And also spoke that Sunday morning at Cornerstone when you met in the other facility that you were renting. I think maybe from an Anglican church or United Church. So good that you're in your own facility right now. Uh, just watch the journey of what miracle after miracle of what God's been doing. 
you're of really great pastors and uh, Pastor Brad and his wife and the team there. Uh, I know that they uh, just have such a great love for you. They speak well of you. Uh, and they love Jesus and they want to see people touched and changed by Jesus. So uh, when next time you see them or maybe even right now, send them a text and just tell them you're thankful for them and uh, the, the role that they've had in your life already and what God has yet to do. Uh, I've spent a, a lot of time in central Alberta, not so much in the Calgary area, but just a little north of you. Um, I had uh, family, and I still have family there that live in the Lacombe area, Red Deer. Uh, but in, in my teens, one of my uncles had a honey farm uh, near Bentley, <clears throat> Bentley, Alberta, which is not far from Sylvan Lake. And I spent summers uh, working on that. And then for relaxation, we go to Sylvan Lake and grab an ice cream and swim and and also to Gall Lake and all these different environments. So I'm very familiar with central Alberta. It's, uh, if I had to live in Alberta, which I don't, uh, if I had to live in Alberta, central Alberta would be where it would be uh, Calgary and north, where just a beautiful part of your province, you're close to the mountains, but the rolling hills and rivers and just uh, part of a beautiful province. And, and I've, I've in all of that been keeping track of because of family of what's uh, you've had some challenging times as a province economically before all this craziness of COVID has come and so um, just in this season it, I count it an honor to, to, to come and share the word of God with you and, and my hope and prayer this morning is that you are greatly encouraged in the middle of a challenging season because it is that. Um, I think back to my time in central Alberta and on this honey farm that my uncle had. And we used to move the bees around from time to time uh, to get better pollen and get more honey and all these re reasons. And one time we moved them. And I, I forget the exact uh, nature of the circumstances, except that I had some, some problems with my bee suit. And, and I ended up in just a very short amount of time, maybe in 20 minutes, I got over 100 bee stings. Uh, it was incredibly painful. And uh, normally you would get two or three, that kind of thing, but a hundred in a short amount of time. And I, I, it actually overwhelmed my system. My heart started beating fast. I started getting palpitations. I was flushed. Uh, I started uh, just having all these issues. And my uncle said, Craig, your system is overwhelmed right now. You need something. And so we went into our first aid kit and he gave me something to help with that, which was uh, basically a form of adrenaline that helped calm everything down. And where I'd been overwhelmed, uh, this important piece of adrenaline helped me to get back in order in my system. And I feel like a little bit right now that many of us are like that, that there's been a great overwhelm of many of our systems, our emotional systems, our financial systems, everything about us. And it's been very, very challenging. Um, I know that the pressure has exposed some things in me that I wish weren't there. Uh, sometimes we think pressure causes things, but in my view, pressure reveals what is always there, is already there. Uh, so for me, this storm season has exposed my insecurities. It's exposed uh, uh, character flaws that are in me. It's revealed things that I don't like uh, around who I am. I've had moments and flashes of frustration and anger, times where I felt really discouraged. And all the whole uh, myriad of emotions coming in, into my life, and not all of them good. And uh, maybe like you, or maybe you're like me, where there's even been moments of, of your sleep interrupted by anxiety at times. Uh, this is all the reality that we're, we're dealing with in this season. And 
Uh, it's a challenging season, no doubt, but I, I believe that there's more for us. Um, sometimes you feel all the wows together and you feel all the, the challenges together in the same moment and it's not easy to move forward. Um, someone said this, and I think this kind of sub, sums up how we are up and down so often. It's the, the two moods of this social isolation season. The first mood is, oh, I'm just so grateful for this time with my family. And then not long after, maybe even the same day, you're, the other thought or the mood is, if another person calls my name, takes my phone charger, chews loudly beside me, I am going to lose it. I love these people, but I would love them from a great social distance right now. Like it's everything is all, every issue is being magnified right now. The, we're all experiencing challenge. We're not all experiencing the same challenges because if you've lost your job and you already were on the margins, it's been even more challenging. We're all in the same storm, but we're all experiencing it differently. Nevertheless, the pressure is on in some way, shape, or form. Perhaps your marriage is under pressure, and the things that have been kind of put aside for a long time or swept under the carpet are right there, and they're, they're, they're right in front of you right now. Or maybe you've lost your job or had your hours reduced, and you're facing some financial insecurity or financial, perhaps even financial devastation. Maybe your business is having to close. Alberta has had an incredibly tough season as oil prices have dipped, and not only dipped, but like really cratered over the last number of years since 2014 thereabouts and now this on top of it and so financial pressures and maybe you're a college student or a high school student and you're like if I have to go back uh, into another zoom call to finish my semester or looking forward to the fall and saying like oh my gosh if that's what my education is going to be I, I can't handle it we're all in these different ways and, and we're battling as well with the fear around COVID and, and all the prognosis of what could go wrong, all the difficulties and, and some people feel it's nothing, other people think it's a vast conspiracy, all these different things going on. And if I've learned anything in life, there's not a lot you can control about all those things. And, uh, but you can begin to respond with yourself and begin to allow God to deal with with yourself in this season so that you can come out better, you can come out stronger rather than just hanging on until the end, but that on the other side, because this will come to an end sometime, there is a new normal on the other side of it, but what if we could come out stronger? What if we could come out in a better place? Uh, what if my old normal was filled with prayerlessness? What if my old normal was filled with relationship issues that I've never dealt with? What if your new normal had a new you? What if you allowed God to shape you for the next season, in this season of isolation, in this season of challenge, in this season of difficulty, to, what if you allowed God to reshape who you are so that you can come out more on the path of what he's called you to be, more of the man or woman of God that he's called you to be, more with more vision, with more hope, with more love, with more kindness flowing out of you. I think it's possible that, that your life could come out different and better better, that we're not formed by our situation, we're not formed by the enemy, but we're formed by the hand of God. But here we are in a challenge. Because no one knows what the next six to 18 months are going to look like. We have all kinds of ideas, and the government rolls out plans that change every second minute. And so we're left like, what's going to happen? And in times of uncertainty, it's important to know what you're certain about. 
And so I want to draw your, I know you've been going through the, some Psalms over the last number of weeks, and I want to draw your attention to Psalm uh, chapter 18. And this is a Psalm of David. Uh, David, if you're new to church or you're not aware of, of who David is, he's the famous uh, in the, David in the story of David and Goliath, for example. But David was a young man, uh, maybe 15, 16 years old, something like that. And uh, he was anointed as the next king of Israel. And uh, in that moment, here he was, his father didn't even acknowledge him. He was off somewhere. Uh, his brothers rejected him. But God saw him who, for who he was. Not for who he was to everybody else, but God looked on the heart and saw in the middle of his rejection, in the middle of being overlooked, God saw the potential and purpose in David's life and called him a king uh, before he ever was one. And it's really encouraging to me that in the spaces and places where we might be rejected, we might be overlooked, we might have people who don't even know we exist, we might feel overlooked by, by God, we might feel we're in such a difficult space, but God sees us and he calls us forward even in the middle of that. He is not limited by the situation you're in. He's not limited by the past that you've walked out of. He's not limited by what's going on around you. The promises of God that to you before COVID-19 are still for you in this season. And God is working in the middle of it. And we see this in Psalm 18 where, where this moment is David had this promise of God that you're going to be a king. And then for over probably 15 years, he was pursued by the present king of that time, King Saul. He was uh, chased down. He was hiding in caves. He was moving all over the place trying to survive and going from here to there and, and getting food from this place and that way. Incredibly difficult time. So even though the promise of God had come to him, there was still incredible challenge. And that's instructive for us. We sometimes might think that when we're going through challenge that God doesn't know what's happening or that, that God has uh, been caught off guard. God has not been caught caught off guard by COVID-19. God's plan is not dependent on COVID-19. And God's plan for your life is not dependent on any of that. His promise to you, as it was to David, is still secure. His promises are still yes to you and his timing and what he's working out. And so in the middle of all that, here's David. Here's the promise of God. This is, you're going to be a king and there's going to be amazing things happen in your life. And David's reality is far different. It's struggle, it's difficulty, it's pain. He's overwhelmed at times, disappointed and dis discouraged. And this psalm is written near, after all that process had gone through. And David is looking back. He's looking back at what he's been through and he's providing us some context that I think is very helpful for us in this season. For somebody who's gone ahead and, and been where we're going to be, which is we're going to make it through and we're going to come through well, David really shows us some key things that help us to get through, not only to get through, but to get through well, to get through strong in the middle of all this. And he's looking back and he's telling us how he felt, how he responded and how God moved in the middle of it all. Um, the, first not, uh, the first number of verses, David just talks about who God is. And, he, and I think it's important reminder, to remind us in the context of where we're at that God, as David said, God is my rock. God is my fortress. God is my deliverer. He's my shield. In all of everything that's going on, the context of what's going on is incredibly important, but it's more important who is with you in the middle of it all. And David, before he steps into anything, he looks back and he remembers that God God has been good and God has been faithful and God has been for me in so many ways. 
And then he moves on to verse uh, three or verse four and verse five and talks about how he felt in that season. He says, the cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. And he, he reflected the feels that we all are feeling right now in this season, I think, where it's that destruction financially, destruction re- relationally, destruction emotionally and economically on so many levels. And then overwhelmed. And all of us have had moments of those being overwhelmed by our situation, being overwhelmed by what's going on around us relationally, however, he, um, even mentally and, and emotionally being overwhelmed. And then he has this vision or this image of the cords of death surrounded me, where we, where we begin to feel like the life is being choked out of us. It's kind of the picture of a serpent or like a boa constrictor just surrounding you and stuff, sucking the life out of you. And this season might be doing that for you right now, sucking and, and stifling your hope for the future, stifling your vision, stifling your belief that God could still move in the middle of all of it. I love the reality of Scripture. David reflects the grit of life, that there are some days that are just tough. There are some seasons that are just difficult. And it doesn't hide from those. And it doesn't pretend you've got to have it all together all the time. He acknowledges the reality of what he's feeling. And it's important to do that for all of us, to acknowledge where we're at. Because you can't move from where you're at if you don't acknowledge where you're at. And he moves on. And the reality of Scripture is all the feels. And and then he moves on. And then we talk about it in verse 3 and then verse 6. He says, I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise. And I have been saved from my enemies. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. Just an incredible thing. And so he has, these are, is, is how he is feeling. And this is how he responds. He said, I need to cry out to God. And in this season, I think one of the great values that is coming out of it is that we're recognizing again our absolute desperate need for God. If anything's going to change in our life, if anything's going to change in Airdrie, if anything's going to change in our province, if anything's going to change politically, it's going to start in the prayers of God's people. It's going to start when we return back to praying like we've never prayed before, praying that God would move. And in the middle of that, prayer gets you through what you're going through. Prayer is what gets you through what you're going through. And, and David encourages us and, and to pray. And the enemy wants you to think like you're just a helpless victim in this situation. He wants you to just hang on and, and not only hang on, maybe to push you back. But prayer is what is so incredibly important because prayer reminds us that God is with us. Prayer reminds us that God is bigger than COVID-19. Prayer reminds us that God is with us in our storm. Prayer reminds us that the financial storm and pressure we're under, God is with us and he can make a way for us. Some people say, well, I guess all we can do is pray. Come on. All we can do is pray. Prayer is incredibly powerful in this season. It's incredible in every area of our life. Prayer advances God's purposes in your life. The disciples many uh, years ago said to Jesus in a time, they had watched Jesus pray and they said, Lord, would you teach us to pray? And then we have what's the famous Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, and, and it goes on. And in one key phrase in there that I just want to pull out of Matthew uh, 6 and 10, where Jesus said, pray this way, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your kingdom, your way on earth as it is in heaven. Not the way of the economy, not the, not the will of, of my past, not the will of my failing, but your kingdom, your will, your way. Pray that way. 
not as a victim, but begin to pray with God's vision. Begin to pray for, with vision instead of praying your problems only. Talk to God about your problems and then begin to pray the vision of God and the purpose of God. Our words can be active and our words can be vision-filled. And, and prayer, when Jesus said, I want what's in heaven to show up on earth. I want the purposes of God for my life that are up there, that are your will for my life, God, to flow into my life here today. No anxiety in heaven. There's no fear in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no COVID in heaven. And Jesus said, pray what's in heaven to show up on earth. And, and not to pray with, with just, oh God, do you, are you aware of all what the troubles are? But begin to pray for a release of what God wants. Pre begin to pray for a release of joy in the place of, of discouragement. Begin to pray for a release of hope. Continue to pray for, for people to come to know Jesus. Continue to pray that there would be a move of God. Continue to pray that anxiety would be, would be uh, pushed back. Pray in peace into places of discouragement. That's the power of what prayer is. We're inviting God, the God of the universe, to come and show up in our world, to show up in our family to show up in our marriage, to show up in our oh, finances, to just show up, oh God, that you would come and have your way for us and in us. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Someone has said, God can do way more with your surrender than you can do with your control. You can do, God can do way more with your surrender than you can do with your control. We don't need nine principles of success. We don't need four ways to win. We need Jesus. And that's what this is. In this season, more than ever, I'm convinced that this is a prayer of saying, God, let your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. We need Jesus in our brokenness. We need Jesus in our anxiety. We need Jesus in our pain. We need Jesus in every area of our life. Only he can bring us through. Only he can bring hope. Only he can bring healing that lasts. So as you pray, begin to declare your kingdom come, Jesus. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because sometimes I know what happens in my life. I thoughts start to flow around in my, my head about what's going on around me. And I start to make decisions. And I start to have uh, unfiltered thoughts about how this is going to go wrong and that's going wrong. Maybe your enemies are saying, you're never going to get up. Maybe the enemies around you are not people, just the enemy is speaking to you, say, you don't have anything to offer. I've beaten you. You're lost. And discouragement might have come to mock you and, and tried to imprison you along with fear. And the failure of sin maybe, in, not just in this season, or shame uh, is holding you back. But instead of saying, those are the things that are going to control my life, Jesus invites us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. My past will not determine my future. My failure will not determine how far I go. Jesus does. And I invite him into my situation in my world right now. Because I am not just going to get through. I'm going to get through well. Jeremiah 33.3, one of the old prophets of the Old Testament, probably 3,000 years ago, said this. Call unto me, speaking of the Lord, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things you don't know. In other words, there are other things on the other side of this that you're not aware of. And we're asking God as we pray and as we seek his face to say, God, show me, give me fresh vision. Don't just let me be a survivor. Let me be one that comes out better and stronger for you as I pray. Great things are possible that I believe with vision beyond where I am at. 
So David prayed and he asked God to move and he cried out to God. And then we see in verse 7 that things begin to shift and the earth trembled and quaked. And the foundations of the mountain shook. And there's a, a number of verses of great poetic language that talk about how God begins to move in response to the prayer of his people. And he says that you see all these images of arrows and lightning and hail and storms. And God is moving. And as you have been praying, as you continue to pray, no matter what's going on, no matter whether you're seeing it immediately, no matter whether you're feeling it right now, God is moving in response to your prayer. God is shifting things in response to your prayer. God is forming and reforming you in response to your prayer. He's doing things in your response to your prayer. He has ears and he hears. He has eyes and he sees. And he has feet and hands that move on your behalf as you pray. Prayer releases the strategy of heaven. Prayer uh, invites God into the battle that we're in. Prayer releases the power of Jesus to change things. And if you don't remember anything else today, can you remember this? That kneeling to pray is what gives you strength to stand. Kneeling to pray is what gives you strength to stand. And that stand is not just a passive standing. Ephesians 6 talks about it in spiritual warfare. Having done all to stand, stand firm then. Stand firm in what God's called you to do. It's the posture of someone who's battling. It's the posture of someone who's moving forward. And when when we pray, the, the power of uh, kneeling in prayer releases the strength to stand. Kneeling to pray is what gives you strength to stand. And then we see what God begins to do in verse 17, 18, and 19. It says this, He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me into a spacious place. He rescued me because He delighted in me. When I was too weak, he rescued me from my enemy. When I couldn't stand, the Lord was my support. When I had been limited, God expanded my world. Where I've been limited by my experiences, by my situation, by what's going on around in the world in this, God is expanding and moving forward in your life. And as you pray, God is leading you into a greater space and a greater place. He's uh, Not only does he all doing all that, but I love the phrase that the Lord delights in you. God is not doing this simply out of obligation. He not only knows your name, he delights in you. And he's moving and acting. When others have uh, ignored you, overlooked you, God sees you, he knows your name, and he's moving on your behalf in this season. So grab a hold of that. It's for you. It's not just for somebody two or three or four thousand years ago. It's not just for Pastor Brad. It's for you in your living room right now, in the place that you're watching this, and maybe on your back porch, maybe sitting in your bed tonight, wherever you're watching this, at whatever time, that God is moving on your behalf. And grab a hold of that today because God is doing many things for you. Kneeling to pray is what's going to give you strength to stand. You know, I'm not saying this from a guy who's got it all figured out. I'm saying this from the perspective of someone who is moving from a man who prays to being a man of prayer. And I, I want that to be what the re I come out of this season because I know the power of prayer and I've seen it in so many places and God is calling us into a greater space of prayer. But I love what God does through it and all through the verses, we don't have time, but from verse 29 and onward, just these images of I can run through a troop, I can leap over a wall, I can be secure 
in dangerous grounds. I, God is training my hands for war. God did not just rescue you for you. He's rescued you so you can make a difference. He's worked in your life so you can be a, someone that, that brings his hope and his goodness and the presence of heaven into places, into your neighborhood, into your family, into your workplace, wherever you're at, that God wants to use you and he's moving in your life. The things that once overwhelmed you are going to be overwhelmed by you. The things that once overpowered you are going to be overpowered by you as you stand in prayer because kneeling to pray is what's going to give you strength to stand in this season. And in it all, we're all the things that we can't control. Let me remind you again of Romans 8 and 28, which says this, that God works all things together for your good. God is working in the middle of what seems disorder, what seems chaotic and seems out of control. God is working in your life. As you follow him, as you love him, he's working things out for your good and for his glory. He's not silent. He hears your prayer. And let me continue to encourage you to do that. I love what uh, Genesis 50 and verse 20 says that what God intended or what you intended for evil, talking about some enemies, what you intended for evil, God has turned around for my good. And that's the God that we serve. A God, as we pray, as we stand, as we contend, he is turning things around for your good. Where you have been, had a setback, God is preparing you for a comeback. Don't give in. Don't quit. Keep moving. As Paul said to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians, uh, I think it's 4 and 8 and 9, though we experience every kind of pressure, we are not crushed. Though we don't know what to do, Quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we are not out. I am moving forward. I, quitting is not an option. I might be knocked down, but let's get up again. Uh, we might be persecuted, but God has not abandoned us. We might be pressed, but God is coming through for you. Kneeling to pray is what gives you strength to stand. When we win the battle for prayer, we win the battle for everything. When we win the battle for prayer, we win the battle for everything. And as you pray, God is working, he's refining, he's doing so much. And it's your season. This is not just a season that the enemy is going to have his way. This is your season. God is moving in this season. So stand strong in the middle. Rise up out of wherever you're at right now. Maybe you feel defeated, you felt overwhelmed, you felt just things just crashing over you, stand strong again and stand in a place of faith as you pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because with Jesus, you can have courage in the face of fear. With Jesus, you can have peace in the place of discouragement. Jesus is not on the retreat in this season and neither should we be. Jesus is not going backwards and neither should we be. Jesus is not in survival mode and neither should we be. Let's kneel to pray so that we have strength to stand and come out stronger, bolder, more men and women of prayer, people of compassion and kindness. And as I pray, and as we've talked today, we've talked about the goodness and the power of Jesus. And if you're watching today, and, and maybe you slipped in on a live stream, somebody invited you in, and you've never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life. There is a, Jesus is not just a God of history. He can be the God that changes your destiny. If you will, he's alive and present. And if you will invite him to for come in and forgive your sins. He can restore you. He can put you on the path that you were created to do, you to be. In fact, 
He can make a brand new life in you as you surrender your life to him. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new in Jesus. And if you've never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life, it's, there's a story that Jesus tells about a man. And he says these seven little words, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And as he did that, the Bible says that he was justified and made right with God. Seven little words. God sees your heart. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And it can change your life. And not only that, there are some of you that have felt discouraged in this season and felt, how am I going to get through? I hope you felt encouraged today. And I want to pray for you. Maybe wherever you are, put your hand on your heart if that's you. And I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for those that are giving their lives to Jesus wherever they're at today. And I'm going to be praying for you as well, that God would come through for you, that you will stand strong because as you're kneeling in prayer, you're finding strength to stand. Let us pray. So, Lord Jesus, those that are making a commitment to you, Lord, I pray that this moment would change the momentum of their life. Father, as they say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, that you will see their heart, that you will come into them, Lord, that you will begin to work on them from the inside out, Lord. Thank you for second chances, Lord. Thank you for fresh starts. Thank you for a brand new life that's possible because of Jesus. Secondly, Lord, those that have been uh, overwhelmed at times, that uh, have felt constricted at times, have been through all kinds of emotional and mental ups and downs. Lord, I pray that as they pray and seek your face, Lord, that that the power of kneeling would show up in their standing, Lord Jesus, that you would encourage and strengthen them in these days in a powerful way, that they will come out stronger, bolder, with a greater grace on their life. And Lord, I pray for Cornerstone Church, Pastor Brad and Yvonne and the team around them. Lord, I pray that it would be a strong church, that it would continue to grow, that it would continue to find its space in this new normal. Lord, that you would give great wisdom, that your hand of favor would be upon it. We bless what you're doing. Thank you for all that you've done. In the strong name of Jesus, amen and amen. When my mind is like a bat. Thanks again for listening to one of the audio messages from Cornerstone Church Airdrie. I pray that you were blessed by what God had to say in this message. If you would like to connect further with Cornerstone Church, there are a couple places you can go. First is our website, cornerstonefoursquarechurch.com, and select the Airdrie campus. And some of the best ways to connect with us is through our social media channels. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstoneairdrie. Follow us on Twitter at csairdrie. And on Instagram at cornerstoneairdrie. If you'd like to connect with the pastoral team at Cornerstone, you can do that again through our website, cornerstonefoursquarechurch.com. Click on the Airdrie campus, then click on the About Us on the main menu, and then one last click on Our Campus Pastors. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and get new messages delivered directly to you. We are so thankful to be able to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ with our community in Airdrie and with you today. At Cornerstone Church Airdrie, we are a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. And that family includes you. We follow Jesus together as family we go.
Take a deep breath 